All right, everybody, welcome to episode 102 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex, and the co-host with the most, Drew at Dr. Underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm good. I, I'm recovering from Monday night. Uh, I think I'm, I'm ready for another week. I'm glad we have a bye. But uh, all together, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. How about you, Bill? How are you feeling, man? Yeah, doing good. Uh, Lions look good. So, yeah, I'm psyched for another week of football. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's good. You got. You guys are happy. You guys are ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, uh, so let's get right to it, man. Let's let's get to that good, that bad, and the ugly of week six. Uh, why don't we switch up the order a little bit? Uh, Drew, why don't you hit us up with the good to start us off? Uh, this week I, I picked Khalil Herbert. Um, you know, for a guy that either you drafted real late in Dynasty or maybe you had to, to spend some fab on before this week if you had no running backs left, he did exactly what I think uh, we all hoped he would do. He got in the end zone, he had a solid stat line, and uh, if if you are the – Montgomery owner, then you've got uh, what looks like to be his replacement till he's back. So um, for the folks that were able to grab him in one way or the other, uh, almost 100 yards and a touchdown, a couple of grabs, feels pretty good for uh, a cheap ad. Yeah, totally agree with you on that one, man. I, I was not going into the week high on Herbert. I mean, obviously, I know people were picking him up in both redraft and you weren't picking him up in Dynasty, but you know, he was a he was a big name being bantied about, and I didn't think he was going to do what he did. But I watched that game, and damn, he looked good. I mean, <laughs> I, I can sit here and say I I was wrong because he he looked great. Uh, I don't know what uh, Damian Williams' uh, status is uh, with the whole COVID thing, but if he's if Khalil Herbert is by himself, I know it's Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay shuts everybody down, but He's going to be a volume play, so um, I love that. He was great last week. We don't know what week seven holds, but week six, yeah, chef's kiss on that one. Uh, Bill, why don't you hit us with your good? Yeah, mine was uh, Derrick Henry. I mean, he was just a monster, um, and it's cumulative, too. You know, I mean, what do you have? He had 20 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns, two catches, 13 yards. Um, this is the fifth straight week of 100 plus or 130 plus total yards, and he's averaging two touchdowns per game during that stretch. So uh, he's just been monstrous. Um, you know, he's even catching the ball a little bit, which is just like bonus points compared to last year. So, um, you know, it was interesting because, you know, he gets 2,000 yards last year, and everybody's like, Derrick Henry's a sell, right? Like, I mean, there's just no way he can reproduce what he did last year and here he is just doing it again and i mean the the thing is that most of the people that had him are were kind of stuck with him because nobody was paying big prices for him even though he was a quote-unquote sell so um it's just like even if you wanted to move move him you just look boxed into another incredible season from him so true and it's funny because every week he just goes out there, he does what he does, and you're like, well, 
he can't do it again this week. And he just goes out there and does what he does. And it's over 100 yards. It's at least one touchdown. A lot of times it's multiple touchdowns. And, I mean, I heard a stat that he is on pace. And this is this is for a 16-game season, not even a 17-game season. He's, like, on pace right now for, like, 450 touches or something like that. I mean, it's insane. And he doesn't ever look tired. He doesn't ever look worn down. He doesn't ever look like he's suffering with nagging injuries or anything like that. He just goes out there, runs through people, <laughs> gets it's you a It's got to end, right? Like, I mean, it's got to stop at some point with the, just being that big dude. Like, I just keep equating him to Christian Okoye. Like back in the day, and Akoye had those monster seasons, and then all of a sudden, poof! Like it was like there was no such thing as Christian Akoye, you know? Like, I mean, but he is just such a monster. Like, you know, and plus, sports science is totally different now than it was back then. I I give him the Tom Brady treatment. It's just like we've been saying for five years now that Tom Brady's done. He's too old. He's this. He's that. He comes out there and he does it. And at this point, I think. Derrick Henry is the same type of dude. We've been saying, well, this is probably season number three where we've said, ah, oh, he had 300 touches last year. He had 400 touches last year. You know, the all the analytics and the stats say that those guys drop off. They get hurt. They don't get as many touches. And he just turns around and he gets more touches and more touches. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down. Um, obviously, I think the only thing that could stop him is if he did get injured. but he never looks like he's like even people hitting him don't look like they're really affecting him all that much. So um, yeah, he's, he's affecting them. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I don't know if you saw the one play where uh, Micah Hyde w- was just looking at the train on the tracks and he, I know he said a pr- prayer to whatever God he believes in and, and just hoped that, you know, Derek Henry didn't take his soul because I mean, I tell you right now, if, if Derrick Henry was ever charging at me, I would step right to the side. I would like let him go all, all the way through. Ole. Some, some business decisions being made every week. Yeah, career decisions. No, uh, and, and he. Uh, the crazy part is he's he's hitting what twenty one, almost twenty two miles an hour on the breakaway. So it's not just the power. Uh, it's it, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, as, as a biased Bills fan, there are definitely some some angles on that 72 yard run that looked like he got some help uh but the guy is just incredible even if you take that out i mean it's I just wonder, uh, i'm sorry i wonder if those angles are just because like nobody thinks he's gonna run as fast as he does you know yeah i i don't know but it was uh even in the back there was one that he got tackled for a loss but he still he still stiff-armed a lineman down which slowed him down enough for the rest of the team to get there and, and tackle him for a loss but Man, it's uh, I don't, I wouldn't mind being first as long as I knew there were five guys behind me. But man, that's got to be a lonely feeling to see him in the open field. Mm. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be me. I, I would be too scared, and I, I am quite okay admitting that. Yeah, that's um, like the stat line of like his average yards per rush, like per quarter, is just startling, you know. And I mean, yeah. it makes sense, right? Like he's just beating the crap out of the defense, and these guys are just getting worn down and. At the end, it's like you're tired and you're beat down, and now you still got to tackle this huge monster of a guy. Yeah, I mean, and the crazy thing is that that's not something I would want to do in the first quarter. I can't imagine these guys in the fourth quarter 
when he's already run into them <laughs> 10 times and you still have to go out there and he acts like the game just started and he's just as fast, just as strong, and you're just like, okay, I, I, I can't do this anymore. So, no, man, that, that's a great one. I, I thought about putting that one on there as well because, I mean, just watching that Monday night game, it was, it was just a, a clinic on how to uh, how to be an elite running back. But uh, I switched it up. I went with uh, CeeDee Lamb, nine receptions, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Um, the You know, people were worried a little bit because the Cowboys had turned into this run-heavy team. It was a lot of Ezekiel Elliott, a lot of Tony Pollard. And people were scared because they were winning with that strategy. It's not like they were, you know, one and four going into week six and they were just running the ball for, I mean, they were winning games. So it was like, well, what's going to happen with Amari? What's going to happen with CeeDee Lamb? And in a game where I thought they were going to be able to actually run pretty well against the uh, Patriots, that turned into a little bit of a shootout. And, um, you know, obviously having Dak Prescott on your side uh, is never a bad way to be if you're a wide receiver, but CeeDee Lamb is, is an elite dude. I mean, you can, you can talk about any flaws that he might has, but he, he's an elite dude. So uh, he was my, he was my pick. Uh, just because he really he really showed out in week six, but uh, we're gonna I'm gonna switch it now to the bad and a quarterback that wasn't uh, elite to say the least. Uh, Jared Goff he was 28 for 42, 202 yards and an interception, no touchdowns uh, in the passing game. And I mean he had like a couple of he had the first couple of weeks where he was throwing the ball around a little bit and things were looking good. TJ Hawkinson was nice and involved and we thought this was the uh the emergence of maybe a little quarterback tight end combo there and ever since then it's been uh straight downhill. Uh Bill, you're our local uh Detroit Lions correspondent. I don't know if there's anything you else you want to add, but I do have I do have to start uh, Jared Goff this week in a uh, Scott Fishbowl, so uh, I have Same. Dak and Dak and Kirk Cousins on a bye. So um, you know we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else either one of you guys wants to add about the uh, the Jared Goff experience in Detroit. I mean, it's essentially. I mean, he was actually a consideration for me as well um, in the ugly. Um, but there is just worse. But um, yeah, he he is who he is, you know, like, I mean, it, off season, bad quarterback in season, bad quarterback, you know, it's just he's just not a good quarterback. And even the coach came out and said, you know, he was asked a question and he paused for quite a long time going, do I say this? Do I don't say this? And he still said it. So, like, it wasn't like, no, I'm not going to say it. Like, you know, he had plenty of time to decide not to. But he he came out and said, you know, he needs to really start making some throws. And, you know, of course, he qualified it. We all do just to, you know, kind of lighten it a little bit. But when you get out, when you answer the question like that, you know, there, there's some mumbling and grumbling in the background about, like, next year, you know, we're, we're getting this quarterback. <laughs> so, and, and it's funny that you brought that up. Cause I don't know if I've ever seen a, uh, a post game press conference where a coach took 
that long to answer a question and still answered it in a negative yeah. fashion because he did he paused for a little bit he's it like it was okay, a good like five seven seconds you know how do i say this without like really sounding bad and then it like processed that there was no way to go about that and he just let it go which i mean hey i respect that i mean sometimes your players just suck there's no sugar coating it there's no I think players as a whole will appreciate that long term. It just is tough when you're struggling, you know, but. um, But but Dan Campbell also seems like the type of dude when you're playing well, he will be your biggest cheerleader and he will tell everybody who will listen about you and what you've done on the field. So So he's not cheerleading much this (laughs) this year. uh, When when you're over the season, it's it's hard to cheerlead. But I mean, I think that. uh, I, I still I still like him a lot. I still like yeah. him as a coach. So I, I think um I, I like this one though from uh from Ridley Truther. Uh got first the Rams this week too. That's just cruel, LOL. Like double dating with your ex hotter girlfriend and she's doing great. You know, sometimes it happens to us, but uh uh yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Uh Bill, is that is that a home game or an away game for the Lions? Unknown. Unknown. I've, I've shut curious. all that off. Oh, I'm just curious to see if it's Stafford coming back to town or if it's uh, – that would be more interesting to me than Goff going back to L.A., but, I mean uh, – It's in L.A. Okay, so it's Goff yeah. going back to L.A., but, you know, I'll, I'll be very curious to see. Matt Stafford doesn't seem like the type of dude that is upset that Detroit traded him, so I don't know if he has that revenge factor so much, but no. – uh, Hey, maybe Jared Goff gets a little bit of that juice because uh, they obviously wanted to get him out of L.A. on the first thing smoking. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I should have known the answer to that because there would have been a lot more going on with the news here about, you know, Stafford coming back. And uh, we are totally the city that still roots for our stars, even though they're on other teams. So um, it's just because that's the only place they'll win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway uh we'll get on move on to my bad yeah um my bad was it was a pretty bad week for the browns um they lose baker um they lose kareem hunt they're not sure if they're gonna have chubb back um this team got decimated and at the beginning of the season you know there's murmurs of super bowl talk for them and you know likelihood not great but you know the, the fact that they're even talking about that um, they're going to have to weather this somehow and they better hope that Nick Chubb comes back. And I mean, it'll be decent for Chubb because he's not going to have hunt to battle with, but I mean, other than that, I can't pick one player, but they're, but everybody's going to be keying on him because like there's, I mean, case Keenum's adequate, but he's not prolific by any means. And that offense isn't going to be called prolifically either. So, um, so yeah, it's it's just rough for fantasy for the Browns for this whole um, this whole situation. So um, I'm gonna any potential chance of me avoiding uh, the Browns uh, in this situation, I will. Yeah, that that's a good one, and I know we don't talk about uh, defense much on this show, but they also lost uh, probably one of their one of their better uh, defensive players, Jeremiah Okosu Koromoa, who was a rookie this year, but has been playing lights out. He's also gone. So agree with you. Decimated by injuries. Uh, it should be an interesting game on Thursday. Uh, 
Get all your uh, Dearness Johnson shares fired up and ready to go. All right, Drew, hit us uh, with your bad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I went with uh, Daniel Jones, 9-21, 242 yards. And at some point, you know, he's going to have that multi-pick game. And here it is. <laughs> uh, and who knows how many he'll have in a 17-game season. But uh, I, I had to look twice and, and make sure I was looking at the right stat line. because he, he actually scored more points last week when he was injured than he did this week when he played the whole game. Um, so yeah, that, that was, uh, I, I had a tough time deciding if it was bad or ugly and uh, <laughs> my ugly will, will, will show why this isn't bad, but uh, yeah, that was, that was tough to see on a stat line. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty gross for, uh, for DJ. Maybe he should have uh, taken a week off and fully recovered from, uh, from his injuries uh, the previous week, but all right, Drew, since you teased it a little bit, why don't you hit us with your ugly? What could be uglier than Daniel Jones? Uh, I mean, you never never want to see guys get hurt, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a violent game and things happen. But uh, after watching the replay a few times here, um, watching the video of Taylor Juan trying to tile on late and then ultimately hurting himself here uh, was, was pretty ugly. Um, I was actually uh, at the game Monday night and it was, it was wild. The first time I've ever been in a place where there's been a major injury like that. So to hear everybody kind of go quiet and just wait and see and watching the big screen, cause they're not showing replays up there. I'm trying to scroll Twitter and see what's going on. And then finally you see the, the replay and you know, he's got a bit of a reputation, I think across the league and uh, you know, it's, it's not a good look and you know, you hope the guy is, is recovering. You hope he's okay, but uh, you also hope maybe he learned something. He's been dirty since college. So like, I mean, you know, he put, that's been a thing since I can recall. Um, so it doesn't, it's yeah. I don't want to say what I want to say, but yeah, it's every, if you're that dirty all the time, you're just pushing, pushing and pushing at some point, there's a chance it's going to come back and, and hit you. And it, it did. Karma got him. But, but Bill, uh, Tell us, tell us what you were going to say, man. Uh, no, I mean, it was just been classless. So <laughs> I'll leave that for him, not me. So the fantasy um, timeline has never been called a classy show. So anytime you want to let it go, just let it go, Bill. All right. Um, but Bill, why don't you, why don't you hit us with your ugly besides whatever uh, thoughts you have about Taylor Luan? Yeah, my, my ugly is Tyler Boyd. Um, he was one catch on three targets for seven yards. Um, Burrow, I think he had 29 attempts, so only 10% of the attempts going to uh, Boyd that against a terrible defense. Um, that's that's scary. Um, and only one of the 19. Like, I mean, you should be c completing more based on his position, not less. So I'm not sure what happened there. I didn't catch all of the game. But, um, yeah, it's just a bad sign, and I, I don't know – with Jamar Chase there, I mean, they're just looking on the outsides all the time now, right? Like between Chase and um, Higgins, if he's if he's in, so um, there. I think it's no doubt now that Boyd is just a you know he's your third, maybe fourth option um, on the team for targets. So um, yeah, it's it's disappointing because you know you got a good run for the last few years, but I think I think unless something changes, you know, the system or something like that, I think we're, uh, uh, 
we're not going to be looking forward to putting him in the starting lineup. Yeah, and you bring up a good point because there's really, what, a handful of quarterbacks in the league that can consistently support three wide receivers for fantasy, or at least wide receivers that you're going to want to start. And uh, maybe Joe Burrow gets there one day, but I don't think that day is today right now. And I think Boyd will have those splash games. I think the only problem is that you're never going to know when they're going to come and you're yeah, maybe you you get lucky and you have to start them because of buys or something and you luck into one of those games, but you're never going to be able to predict it. So um, that that was a great one. Uh, my ugly uh, was Tyler Lockett. And look, I knew that Russ was out. You know, he's dealing with a, with a finger injury. And, you know, Geno Smith is Geno Smith. But, man, I thought <laughs> I, I thought Tyler Lockett would be a little bit better than uh two for 35 and who knows maybe this was just bad tyler lockett week we know he's inconsistent maybe next week he's you know five for 105 and a touchdown or something like that but um i'm scared about tyler lockett as long as uh russ is uh not playing there's been rumors about uh them possibly bringing cam newton in but i mean cam newton doesn't also give me a lot of hope for Tyler Lockett either. So um, he was my ugly. I hope he can shake it off and uh, have a little bit better of a game uh, this week. But yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be very tough for him and probably the whole Seahawks offense uh, until Russ gets back. So, all right, man, we hit, we had our good, our bad, and our ugly. Let's go with uh, what we saw on the timeline here. And this first one is from our boy Jay Money at Jay Money Jarrett, proud member of the fantasy timeline chat. And just remember, got a lot of good people in there, a lot of smart people in there. They're always asking trade, you know, trade questions, you know, who should I start? Who should I sit? Uh, so if you want to jump in on that, just DM one of us or DM us at, at the fantasy timeline and uh, we'll we'll drop you in. So. Uh, J Money Jarrett here. He's 12 team super flex, one and a half point tight end premium. As a contender, would you rather have Corderell Patterson or Pat Fryermuth and a 2022 second round pick? So I'll let you guys munch on that for a little bit. I'm very interesting. I feel like this is uh this is a topic we might be split on. So I can't wait to hear the conversation. Uh, Bill, why don't you start us off? Yeah. I So Cordell Patterson has scored a ton of touchdowns, um, and his touchdown rate is ludicrous right now for the amount of targets he's had and, and touches in general. And, and so my concern is that long, like through the season, is he going to keep the pace up that you're buying it him at? Um, I have my doubts. If you're really hard up for a, a running back or if he's a wide receiver that, you know, you can play at wide receiver as a, you know, who's a running back, then, um, you know, I can, I can see the thought, but like, I think I'm still playing long-term and I, I like Friar Muth as a, a tight end, a second to me, a second for Patterson is fair. So if I'm getting Friar Muth on top, I'm totally cool with that. I'm just not real sure 
I mean, we've seen Patterson for what seven years now, and and now like he he's getting utilized in a a good way. But I just can't see him keeping up what he's doing, or or if he does, it he's breaking you know the the trends and or the expectations. So, um, yeah, I'm totally with the pick and Fryermuth, but um. It is nice to have him in the lineup as a wide receiver getting uh, running back, uh, you know, touches. All right, Drew, are you going with uh, Cordero Patterson or Pat Fryermuth and a second round pick? This is tough. Uh, I've got Patterson in a couple of leagues where he is really helping out a lot. And I am off to a really good like five and five and one or six and start Uh, a lot. Thanks to him a couple of weeks. yeah, I, I agree with Bill as far as it being unsustainable. I mean, he's got, what, five or six touchdowns already. So he's averaging one a game. Um, you know, Dawson Knox was doing the same thing. So you, you know some of these guys, it's just not going to happen every week. Um, he's getting usage, which I like. You know, he's averaging, I don't know, maybe six six targets a game or something, which is great, especially in a PPR league. So there there is a floor there, I think, as long as he stays healthy. And, uh, you know, Ryan's been able to pick it up a little bit over the last few weeks. So... I don't hate keeping him if you feel like you really need him. Uh, but to Bill's point, I think you have an opportunity to play a little bit long-term. And based on Sunday night's game, at least, uh, you know, Fryermuth got some solid targets there. So on a premium, um, I'm okay taking, you know, the spikes in the, in the valleys with him if I can. And, you know, maybe you get to turn that extra second into a, another short-term guy that'll help you for another four weeks like Patterson did. Um, so I, I agree with Bill. I would, uh, if I got offered Fryermuth in a second, uh, in any of these leagues where I'm I'm getting solid production from Patterson already, I would most likely accept. All right. So I'm glad we said uh, – I said we would differ on this uh, because Bill and Drew agreed. And uh, I'm on the other side, so I don't sound like a liar now. Um, I'm going with, with, with Cordero Patterson here just because he's a contender. Bill and Drew both made great points about the long-term thinking and – I agree that I think next year and three years from now, the second round pick and Pat Fryermuth, I mean, way outvalue Cordero Patterson. But if I'm a contender, and I mean a real contender, not like I'm in fifth place right now, and that's you know probably most likely where I'm going to end up. But if I'm one of the top two teams, I feel like I, there's a high likelihood that I'm in the championship game. I think I keep them, and it's because of the way Atlanta has tried to run their offense uh, throughout the season so far. Um, they, they've wanted to run it through a running back, and the week one, they tried Mike Davis, and the Eagles blew their doors off, and we thought that was going to be the end of that because, I mean, why would you keep doing that? You have Calvin Ridley. You have Kyle Pitts, who you took with the fourth pick. But he's still kind of doing that. But now he's doing that with Cordero Patterson. And he's actually not even doing it in the conventional running back way because it's not that Cordero Patterson is getting 15 rushes for 80 yards. You know, it's a lot of it is through the passing game. Yes, there's some running going on. But um, I think the usage will keep steady. No, I agree. I don't think the the touchdown rate is going to keep steady. But if I'm a contender and I 
have a guy who's doing what he's doing right now, and I'm a top two thing, top two team. Excuse me. I think I keep him. Um, but Drew and Bill hit the nail on the head with the value part of it. I mean, next probably even next year, you're going to look at Pat Fryermuth in that second round pick and be like, "Oh yeah, this is way more valuable than Cordero Patterson." But I think in the quest to try to win a championship, I think I would rather have uh, Cordero Patterson. But I want to bring this up here um, from Ridley Truther. Uh, my boy Ridley's due for some of that positive regression too. Going to come at CPAT's expense, Cordero Patterson, in production. Do you think that Calvin Ridley kind of gets back to his mean? And does that come at Cordero Patterson's expense? Anybody? I don't know that it does. I, I think there's enough with the volume that they have there to go around for Patterson, for Pitts, for Ridley. I think some of the fringe guys probably lose out. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I hope Ridley gets the volume. I love watching the guy play. I've got him on a couple of rosters, and uh, I'm expecting big things. I, I took him late as my wide receiver one in a couple of leagues, so I'm, I'm depending on him to to get more. Um but I, I think with the mixture that Patterson's getting, I, I think there's a floor for him, which is is solid um, if you can afford to ride that out. Uh, and I, but I don't think his floor is irreplaceable either, and that's why I think I would go with Fryermuth in the second and assume that I could turn that second or two seconds into another piece that I might even like better for the next couple of years over Patterson. So I, I'm not worried about the floor falling out uh, from underneath him, and he's just going to start scoring one or two points a week. Um, I just think you can get the best of both worlds with the package. I think that like you, I mean, when you bring in an elite wide receiver like Ridley, I mean, there's, he's obviously drawing a, some targets away. Now, how much of those are being pulled from Patterson? One, two, maybe. And if that's the case, that's a pretty high percentage of his uh, targets per game. And so, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, he's so uber efficient with his touches right now that if he loses those touches, that's going to affect him quite a bit. So um, I don't think it needs to affect him a lot for it to matter fantasy wise. Um, So um, with that being said, I, yeah, I, I agree that it will affect him um, and, you know, that that's another reason to consider, you know, moving him. So I, I think a little bit differently than you guys. And I, and don't get me wrong. I could definitely be wrong about this. I'm, I'm worried because obviously two weeks ago, uh, the Falcons played in London and we had our big Kyle Pitts game, which we really hadn't gotten any of the previous weeks, but we got that big Kyle Pitts game because Calvin Ridley was not playing. He was he was not there due to personal reasons. I have a feeling if Calvin Ridley comes back and he kind of goes back towards his mean, I think that's actually going to end up affecting Kyle Pitts a lot more than it affects Cordero Patterson. It seems, just the way they're running the offense, it seems that he has his kind of 
part in the offense. Not not that he's an elite part, not that he is the main focus of the offense. But I think it's actually going – and don't get me wrong. I have Kyle Pitts in a lot of places, so I hope I'm being stupid right now and wrong about this. But I think it's actually going to affect uh, Kyle Pitts a lot more than it affects Cordell Patterson. But this is going to be something interesting to watch because I do agree with Ridley Truther here that, I mean, at some point you have to get Calvin Ridley back to – what he was last year. I mean, you just can't the, I mean, Arthur Smith is supposed to be one of these offensive geniuses. And I feel like a genius could very easily figure out Calvin Ridley needs to be a, a big part of this offense in order to succeed. So it'll be very interesting to see what Atlanta does. Uh, they're done there by, so they have the rest of the season to figure this out and get it done. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, maybe I come back two weeks from now and I said, ah, I messed up on this Cordero Patterson guy. Should have should have told Jay Money to trade him for that uh, Pat Fryermuth in the second while I had the chance. But so uh, Jay Money, it, it's two to one for uh, Fryermuth in the pick. But um, I, I will say that Bill and Drew made a lot of good points on why you want to go with uh, with that little package there. So. Uh, let's move it on. Uh, this next one here is from Dill at Dynasty. Dill, 12-team super flex rebuilding. He would give up Odell Beckham and receive Elijah Mitchell. So the, I just thought this was a very interesting um, kind of just offer. Like Odell Beckham, Elijah Mitchell. Um what do you guys think? Because I I kind of have an idea on what I think about it, but I also kind of don't know what to think about it all at the same time. So a little confusion on my part, but uh, Drew, why don't you start us off? What do you think about uh, Odell Beckham for Elijah Mitchell? I'll take Elijah Mitchell, and as soon as he has a good game, see what I can get back for him. I like it. I like it. What about you, Bill? Yeah, this is – a sad sad trade like it's just like oh my god how odell beckham has just fallen from the pinnacle to now we're going to trade him for a a running back that may be nothing ever worst case maybe next year i mean we just don't know right so like um and then even if he is an integral part he's still one of four running backs that's getting utilized so uh, picking the right games is always going to be difficult. And um, yeah, it's, that's more, that's the interesting part about this trade in my opinion is just the conversation of what I agree with drew. I think that that's the move. Like, I mean, the offense, you just got to hope Odell Beckham goes somewhere else, but even then he's going to be Odell Beckham, the personality and maybe not the Odell Beckham, the player anymore. So is he always going to be that guy? You're just chasing the name and you're not, um, so sometimes it's better just to get those players off your team. Like how many people have held T Y Hilton forever and just weathered this whole thing for him to come back and then just get injured again, you know? So, I mean, that's what we're seeing with Odell Beckham now. And, and so I think like, yeah, you just cut your losses now for that price and, um, just hope for the best this year. You know, maybe you do get a, a useful part there and, um, 
you know, if not, I mean, it's not a huge loss anyway. I mean, aside from the name. And it probably saves you from considering putting him in your starting lineup when you shouldn't. Yeah, Bill, I feel like you kind of read my mind on that one because, what was it, three years ago, maybe four years ago, we were talking about Odo Beckham as the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. I mean, he was on the Giants. He was dominating. And then, you know, we we see this trade to Cleveland and we go, all right, well, Jarvis Landry is there. There's some pieces. Like, he can take it to the next level, be even better than he was in New York. And that has never materialized at any point uh, during his Cleveland career. And yeah, like it's Elijah Mitchell. And it's funny because I'm looking at this trade and I hear that name Odell Beckham and we've all been playing this game for a long time. And kind of initially the first kind of thought is Odell Beckham for Elijah Mitchell. I can't do that. But then like you have to like stop yourself and be like, well, Odell Beckham has been Odell Beckham for a few years now. And you know, this is probably, what, the top end of what you can get for Odell Beckham, as crazy as that sounds. Like, and here you go, Ridley Truther said he actually made an OBJ trade today. Uh, just traded today, OBJ, 22 third, and Adam Thielen to a contender for two 2022 seconds and Dobbins. Well, I mean, congratulations. Well um, done. Yeah. I mean, the the fact that you got all of that for OBJ a third and Adam Thielen, I mean, maybe it was trading high on the big Adam Thielen week. Um, maybe that, that was in somebody's mind. But, I mean, OBJ hasn't had a big week since, what was that, week five or six last year? against Dallas uh, yep. when he had that big game. Uh, and then Dobbins, you know, just ready to come back as soon as 2022 starts. Um, and he says at the end, felt weird. OBJ is a name brand, but what a fall from grace. And I mean, I mean, the name brand thing is so true. It's like when you go into a, a department store and see a shirt and it's $75 and it's a normal t-shirt. Well, why are you paying? Well, you're paying that because of the tag that's on the inside, you know, not because (laughs) it's a better quality shirt, not because it's going to last any longer than a Hanes t-shirt that you can get, you know, three in a pack for like 10 bucks. But, you know, that's kind of what OBJ is at this point. He was that t-shirt that you had to pay $75 to wear. And now three of them are white t-shirt. What's that? The Kanye white T-shirt. Yeah, the Kanye. He went from the Kanye white T-shirt to the uh, to the Haynes white T-shirt. Uh, and yeah, at this point, I feel like with OBJ, if anybody's offering anything to get him, I mean, step right up, take it, and like Bill said, at this point, it's just getting him off your team. It's just, what is he doing? You know. <laughs> oh really, truth, he, he's the Janko <laughs> jeans of wide receivers, and. Uh, for all of you that are not old enough to know what Janko jeans are, uh, just Google that. I'm not. I'm not even going to uh, try to explain that cultural context. But uh, yeah, I mean, now now here's a question: Would there be any situation that either one of you would 
even think about trading for Odell Beckham. For a fourth? Okay, for a fourth. Bill, any situation where... Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, for that whole spiel I just did, I mean, there's got to be, like, I mean, I'd probably do, a, like, a if I was a contender, I would probably do a third, just knowing that I could get, you know, potentially get something out of him. Um, that would be the only time I would even consider it. Would I do a second? Obviously not. But would I do a third, my third and fourth? I mean, probably would do something like that. Just in, just if I really needed somebody. I mean, even if I didn't need them, but it was just somebody that I could have on the bench that I could potentially, if he catches lightning in a bottle, you know, maybe something happens. But because I know I could move, move him just based on name rep recognition in the off season and probably recruit exactly what I paid. Yeah, I feel, uh, you know, to make one more Odell Beckham comparison, I feel like Odell Beckham is that that big piece of cake when you're on a diet. It's not a good idea to have around because you know you're probably going to end up eating the piece of cake. And Odell Beckham is that guy you don't want around because you'll see that name and one week you'll be like, it's a good matchup. Maybe he could do it. And then you put him in your lineup and he gets you like five points and you just, you know, curse at yourself for the rest of the day on, on falling for the Odell Beckham trap. But, um, but yeah, so Drew says a fourth, Bill says a, a third, maybe a third and a fourth, but yeah, I mean, it has been, it has been a long way down for Odell Beckham and we'll see if he can recruit, recoup, excuse me, any value this season. So this next one here, it's from Jacob Anderson at Jacob ST 61442869. Jacob, too many numbers, man. Too many damn numbers. Uh, contending team, Dynasty League, half point PPR. Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley or Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Chris Godwin, and a 2022 third. And then he asks, is this fair? And if it's not, what would it take to balance it out? So let's let's hit the actual trade scenario first. So Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley or Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Chris Godwin, and a 2022 third. So I'll throw this one up in the air. Whoever wants to answer it first, just jump in and tell us. I will always take the Derrick Henry side of this one. That's pretty easy. Um, I, I think if you break it down, um, it's probably a little closer than what the poll shows here, but Derrick Henry, Calvin Ridley, if people are lower on Ridley, it's because of recency bias. They haven't seen him on the field. He hasn't produced. Uh, the guy is elite. He's, what, 26 still. So, yeah, I, I feel like I would take Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley very quickly here. Bill? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just put it in the uh, DLF uh, trade calculator or whatever it's called, and um, it's really close. Um, basically, it says if you took out the, the third, um, it would almost be even. Okay. Um, but, A, you're getting two guys that you know you're going to start all the time. 
B, you're saving yourself a roster spot. And C, one of the elite guys on the Dalvin side gets hurt quite frequently. <laughs> so, but you do um, get the backup on the Dalvin side. So yeah, but I mean, it's not Dalvin, yourself. right? Like, I mean, as much as he, I mean, he's done well a couple, but that's recency bias too, because if you look at what he did the previous times, he didn't do shit. So, um, it's just, yes, you do get his backup, but you're also losing. I would rather just use that roster spot on something else that I could churn and hope to hit something of similar value anyway. Um, but I mean, I get it. I've just never been like the Delvin guy. I mean, he's, he's elite. There's no question about it, but like every year we're, we're dealing with this and it's, it's just, you know, something that I don't want to have to deal with. We don't see that with Derrick Henry. And, and yeah, maybe people aren't, maybe he's not injury prone, but he gets injured all the time. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to play the uh, percentages and go with the two elite guys that I feel comfortable with starting every time. Yeah. And I've looked at this and I actually went back and forth on this because Bill put it into the calculator. And obviously the calculator says pretty even. Um, I like, I mean, obviously. King Henry is King Henry. I mean, let's, we don't have to talk about how good he is because we just see it every week on the field. Drew's, Drew's Buffalo Bills, unfortunately, had to encounter that train on Monday night. <laughs> and Drew, Drew goes off after I say that. Um, but I actually think I like the other side. And this is, this is the reason why. Obviously, I can't argue with either Bill or Drew on this because you get the elite running back you get the elite wide receiver, even though he hasn't been elite so far this season. Um, but man, if you if you kind of size up Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, they're similar. They're, you know, obviously King Henry is better, but Dalvin Cook is definitely in that elite tier. And then Madison, Chris Godwin, and a third for Ridley. I think is also pretty fair. I mean, obviously the Buccaneers just have an embarrassment of riches and <laughs> a lot of it over the past probably three weeks has been going Antonio Brown's way, but Chris Godwin is a very, very good wide receiver. Um, and he is probably going to be somewhere else next year. So that could be it's it's probably not going to be in a uh wide receiver room as talented as the one in uh Tampa Bay. So we got that going for him. But like I said, I can't argue with Bill or Drew on it because obviously the Derrick Henry side is the what the number one running back. I mean, are we is there anything to argue about that? King Far Henry and away right one? now. Yeah. And um Calvin Ridley, who, if he flips that switch and turns himself back into 2019 Calvin Ridley, whew, I mean, you got two elite guys. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, argue the other side a little bit. Um, but I don't think there's anything that – I think it is pretty fair. I don't think there's much that needs to be – added i mean do you guys agree with that or would you want something else added you guys went with the uh derrick henry side so i don't think anything opinion, needs to be added I, I would rather things be consolidated i'd rather lose madison in the third 
and get maybe a young wide receiver that I'm more excited about or get a, a young, uh, you know, a young tight end. I don't know if Fryermuth is probably too much at this point, but somebody like him, add him into that mix with Godwin and, and Cook, and I could get a little bit more on board. Um, you know, the third is not real exciting, and Madison is more just in case. You're never really starting him unless Dalvin is out. Um, so I'd, I'd rather lose Madison in the, in the third and get a younger guy that I'm excited about or, you know, really impress me with the wide receiver if you're going to go and, you know, take Ridley from me. I, I like that. What do you think, Bill? Saying, yeah, kind of I mean that deal? was really well said. I think yeah. that's exactly what like um, would need to be done. You need to be excited for that third piece, um, somebody that has some you know real promise um, potential long term, and um, because you are giving up at both of the um, and both of the other players, I, you're giving up a decent amount, in my opinion. So. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. I I was not even thinking along those lines, Drew. So after you um, after you kind of said that, I was like, wow, it's actually a brilliant idea and um, something that could probably make the trade look a little bit more appetizing to the guy who would be giving up or girl who would be giving up um, King Henry and Calvin Ridley. So yeah, I like that. Um, see if you can consolidate if you're the one offering that package or if the other person is offering that to you, see if they can consolidate uh, that third and Alexander Madison into a, a, a little bit better looking of a piece. So before we hit the next one, we got a question in the chat though. So I want to bring it up and see what, see what we all think here. Uh, this is, this is from Brad Montgomery. Uh, hey, I got a trade question. I have Fant and Schultz was thinking Mixon, Woods, Ruggs, and Fant for Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan, and Nook Hopkins. He says, sorry, it's long. I think that long. So um, what do you, I'll repeat it again so uh, you guys can, can kind of digest all the pieces. So Joe Mixon, Robert Woods, Henry Ruggs, and Noah Fant for Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan, and DeAndre Hopkins. So. That is, that's a lot. That's a, a lot of pieces, a lot of uh, moving back and forth. Um, Drew, uh, we'll, we'll start with you since you have uh, you have Aaron Jones in our little uh, three-way running back bet that we had. <laughs> so, Forgot uh, about that. Uh, I, I like the Aaron Jones and Hopkins side here. Uh, Tanyan doesn't do anything for me. Um, yeah, I, Mixon and Jones are pretty close, I think, when you get it on paper. Uh, I would rather have Hopkins than Woods. Um, we'll see if Ruggs really becomes a thing. Uh, and I would much rather have Fant than Tanyan. So I think value-wise, I'd probably take the first part of this, the Mixon side, and maybe try to split it up a little bit more and get if there's one particular piece that you really want, do you really want Aaron Jones or do you really want Hopkins? Uh, and you might even be able, be able to get a better like separate package for each of them apart and trying to lump it all into this one big thing. Cause yeah, I, I, I couldn't care less about Robert Tunyon this year. So um, yeah, I, I think I would stick with the, the mix inside and then try to piecemeal it out to get the parts that you need. And maybe you don't get it all from the same, uh, same trade partner. All right, Bill, what do you think about this one? 
Yeah, that's that's a lot to digest. Um, I think that, like, I mean, I want Aaron Jones and Hopkins over the other, like, the other side. But I don't, I don't know if I want, I want to make this trade. Like, I, I mean, I'm not much of a mixing guy. Um, but he is playing. He is getting, uh, you know, decent touches. Aaron Jones though is just. He just keeps doing it, you know, and I th- I think that like, but Hopkins isn't what Hopkins was, um, at least target wise. Um, he's getting less targets than he has throughout his career, and that's a concern. Um, so, I mean, it really depends, I think, on the depth of your team, and um, if you're if you're really deep, I would just consolidate and take the less players. And I think I'm okay with that. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like Fant. Um, and I feel like Fant and, and Ruggs has upside. Um, he's looking like an actual first-round pick, at least, um, where he's getting some volume, you know, a little bit more volume. And he's getting um, – he's got production this year that he didn't last year. Um, so there's some hope there, but it's still just hope. Um, yeah, this is a tough one, man. There's just so much – remove Tanya completely. It's not even worth it. So um, Woods isn't sexy either. Like, God, there's just a lot. I wouldn't even do this trade. I just – like, I'd see this and I'd be like, eh, there's just too much happening. I'm out. I, I'd consider. He says here, you know, he's looking for wide receiver one. His trade partner needs a tight end. So I might consider something like, a, you know, Schultz and, and Woods or Schultz and – uh, I, I'd want to keep Fant for the long term, I think, over Schultz. But, I, I mean, Schultz is definitely over the end of last year and this year he's showing he's a good piece. So that's probably personal preference. Um, and then, you know, Woods versus Hopkins. Honestly, I think there are, there are games where Woods is going to see just as many points as Hopkins is with uh, the number of guys that are demanding targets there. So I, I would probably go somewhere else and maybe, you know, if Woods and Fant or Woods and Schultz will get you somebody maybe a little bit younger than Hopkins – That'll give you a little bit more runway, but um, yeah, I think overall as a, as the package, it's uh, I would keep the players you've got and keep uh, keep negotiating. Yeah, and I mean, gun to my head, if I if I have to choose one side of this deal, I think I'm going with the Aaron Jones, DeAndre Hopkins side of this. Like yeah. Bill said earlier, I'm not Bob Tanyan is nobody to me i don't care i mean he could be a guy depending on the league that i might drop if if some hotness comes out so um so gun to my head if i have to say yes or no to one side of this deal i am saying yes to the to the aaron jones the andre hopkins side but uh bill and drew both made really good points there's a lot of things involved and i think sometimes we fall into this trap where we see um, we see a bunch of stuff and we think that it's a deal we should make because it's going to be a quote-unquote blockbuster. There's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of names. Like, this is the type of deal we should be making. But when we break it down, it's kind of like, does either side make your team so much better than what you already have? 
And the answer to that question is probably no. <laughs> I mean, you get the Joe Mixon side, you know, maybe you score a point or two more, maybe you score a point or two less. You take the Aaron Jones, DeAndre Hopkins side, maybe you score a point or two more or a point or two less, but it's not a needle mover, even though there's a lot of big names that we always talk about. So uh, I agree with Bill. Those are the type of deals that I'm, I'm normally not in, you know, in the market of making, uh, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to gain some kind of advantage when I make a trade, whether it's, you know, adding more points to my team or, you know, if I'm contending or getting younger and gathering picks because I'm a rebuilding team. Um, and I don't think you really do either in this trade. I don't think you gain a whole bunch of points and you're definitely not getting younger. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's our opinions. Um, so, uh, but do what Drew said. Try try to split those assets up. Try to get Jones in a trade by himself. Try to get DeAndre Hopkins in a trade by himself and see what people are doing. Because I think DeAndre Hopkins, while it hasn't been what we normally expect out of him, I still think, just based on what I see on Twitter, I still think there's a lot of believers out there and there's probably a believer in your league that is saying, you know, this is going to turn around. This is going to turn into what most of DeAndre Hopkins' career has been, which is him getting a ton of targets and him just showing out. So um, there's probably one of those in your league. So separate them and see if uh, if you uh, if you can do that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hit the next one here. Uh, this is from Chance Cepeda at Chance underscore Cepeda. 12 teams, super flex, six points for uh, passing touchdowns for quarterbacks. Uh, as a contender, uh, in second currently, he's lost Russell Wilson and has Matt, or Matt, oof, I'm reading ahead, Justin Herbert on by. Geno Smith is the only other quarterback. Would you give? a late 22 first for Matt Ryan. Uh, I'll start this one off. Yes, but it's like the weakest yes ever because it would literally have to be the only <laughs> trade that I could make for a quarterback to um, to do that. Um I think there are guys that are either historically underappreciated or just underappreciated this year that you could probably give up that late first for it and feel a whole lot better about it. Uh, first guy that comes to my my mind is a friend of the show, Kirk Cousins. I mean, nobody nobody ever likes Kirk Cousins on their team unless they're a contending team. Like people are like, Kirk Cousins sucks. He's not good even though he's a, you know, low-end QB1 every season. But, you know, nobody likes him. So that, you know, that could be a guy that you're targeting. Now, obviously, if you're looking at it as kind of a almost one-week rental, it's not going to help you out because he's on buy. But even maybe a guy like Derek Carr, you know, he's been okay this year. I mean, he, I mean don't get me wrong, he's not going to um, – win you a week, but he's probably a better roster filler than 
Geno Smith. So I, I think you should look at quarterbacks that are, you know, one, maybe two steps higher than uh, Matt Ryan. But if no one's selling and you need a guy for this week, I mean, yes, but that's kind of like last ditch effort. You have nothing else going on. And Matt Ryan is the only quarterback that any other team in your league is trading. Um, what do you guys think about this? I think it's pretty easy. Yes. I don't think it's a weak. Yes. For me, I think that you, he, according to JJ Zacharyson, he is a top 10 QB um, over the last four weeks. Um, so it's not, he, he started off slowly and, um, but he is performing back to, you know, that range where we kind of expect him anyway. Um, plus, I mean, I'm not going to want to start Geno Smith ever. <laughs> um, so like, and we don't know how long it's really going to take for, um, Russ to come back. So like, I'm much more can, I feel like if I am a contender, you know, and I'm not like a fake second place, um, then it's, it's worth me making that move to start Herbert and, um, Matt Ryan. And I mean, if that's the player that's available to you, because, you know, yeah, definitely look around, look at your other options. But at the same time, I mean, oftentimes it's it's tough to get quarterbacks. Um, so if that's the guy you can get, that's that's the guy you got to make a move for. And I, I think that that's okay paying a, a late first. Your goal is to win leagues, and this gives you an opportunity to kind of stay the course. Um, yeah, you're kind of going to lose that value uh, by him being on your team, but he's helping you, um, you know, at least uh, kind of steady the ship while Russ is hurt. So um, I think it's, that's just a move you have to make, unfortunately. All right, Drew, what do you think? Yeah, I, I put this one up here because I, I thought it was an interesting um, dilemma because I think uh, in the, in the goal to win, it's an easy yes. In, in value, probably not because, you know, what you could turn that into in the draft could probably be worth more. But if the goal is to win this year, if you're a contender and you're really going after it, then you push your chips in a little bit. Um, and especially for six per TD, he's he's averaging over two touchdowns per game. So you've got a pretty safe floor there. They don't have much of a running game to speak of in general, and they're going to be throwing a lot. So even if it's garbage time that where he picks up his second or third touchdown, do we really care? Um does it seem like he's he's dropped a significant amount off of last year or the year before? Sure. He seems like an old 36 when you look at guys like Rodgers and Brady uh, that are, you know, still doing it 40 plus. Uh, Rodgers almost at 40. So, um, but I think you look at what they're doing and he's, he's a talented quarterback. He's a good quarterback. So he's not a guy that's going to get hurt. He'll be playable. And to Bill's point, you don't know as much as Russ wants to come back in three weeks or four weeks or whatever the heck it is, taking fake huddles out there and warmups. Uh, you've got a really nice bridge to get there until Russ is back ready to play. So I, I would do this if I were truly a contender, like Bill said, you know, if my points match my record, you know, not because it's just matchups that have gotten me there then uh, I think this is a solid move. And I'll be honest, you know, you, you name some of the guys like a Derek Carr, like a, a Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, I don't think you get close to those guys with a, a first right now. Um, you know, you might get to a Daniel Jones, but do you really want Daniel Jones or do you want Matt Ryan? 
Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins would be um, tougher. I think you might be able to get that with Derek Carr. Um, but yeah, point being, yeah, it just are is he available? And you know, that's that's the end of the. Um, that's really the most important thing. So do your due diligence, bounce around, ask the teams, ask all these teams. You got a quarterback available, you know. But of course, they're gonna if they know you're shopping, they're uh, the price is going up. So um maybe preemptively make this offer because like the the difference between this player and this player unless it's, i mean i would totally want kirk cousins over him mm-hmm. just because i could get more years out of him and feel comfortable with that but um so if that's an option totally go for it but like i mean i i don't think that i have any issues making that move like you're just getting an average super flex quarterback and that's okay. Like <laughs> if you're the rest of your team can kind of, you know, kind of help out with that. So, so there you go, Chase or Chance, excuse me. Um, three uh, varying levels of yes on that. So um, take a peek, but Bill, Bill, I think made a really good point where he said, it all depends on if people are trading quarterbacks, because guess what? Uh, Matt Ryan might be the only dude that someone is willing to part with. And in that situation, Matt Ryan is the best guy you're going to get. So um, you also have to look at it like that. There's some leagues where uh, maybe people are trade happy and there, you know, more deals can get done a little bit easier fashion. And there are some leagues where there's not a lot of trading, uh, you know, uh, team, uh, team owners, they like to, uh, keep the guys that they drafted and they're not, you know, usually willing to trade guys away. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. That's the part you have to uh, be aware. Every league is different. Like they say, every league is its own ecosystem. And Hey, starting, um, you know, starting Matt Ryan, they're definitely worse quarterbacks to start like Geno Smith. Uh, so you'll at least be upgrading there. And then, um, once Herbert comes off of his buy, you do have Herbert and you have Matt Ryan as a super flex quarterback, which you could definitely do worse than, than Matt Ryan. So, yeah. And Matt Ryan's through his buy. So after this week, you've got two starting quarterbacks every week and it doesn't matter how long it takes Russ to get back at that point. So I, I like the move in general, but yeah, definitely do your shopping. I'm thinking like, do you want Teddy Bridgewater instead of Matt Ryan? No. You know, do you want? Do you think you can get close to Carson Wentz for a first? Would you rather have him than Matt Ryan? I, I think he's hot right now, so I don't think he's going. I think the the person who has Carson Wentz is not going to give him up for a late first, where they may have done it two weeks ago. Yeah, I agree Be- with that because he's been hot. So now it's kind of like, well, I have. I have this asset that's appreciating in value. Why would I give it to you for the same price I would have given it to you two weeks ago when it was kind of in the trash? So, I mean, it, it's it's a call to make. It, you know, it's worth reaching out to that owner and saying, hey. Ask the questions. Yeah. I mean, are you guys doing that straight up just randomly? Like, if you have Matt Ryan, are you trading him for Wentz? Like, I mean, just as a a complete, because I'm not, 
Like, I, I don't, I feel like their career arc is similar. Like, in, in regards to if they're in the same spot of their career right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you might, you might have the same shelf life left. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I think both guys have so many question marks attached to them that it's like, why, why do I want to trade one set of question marks for a different set of question marks? Well, the biggest question mark to me is, are they going to sit them because they're not in the playoffs? Because then they only have to get a, give up a second rounder for him instead of a first. So you don't even know that he that Wentz is going to play the rest of the season. Well, the great thing about that division, though, is that they're probably never going to be out of it because that is not a good division. <laughs> so uh, be- between the Titans, uh, the Colts, the the Jags, and Titans the Texans, have the same record as the Bills right now. What's that? The Titans have the same record as the Bills right now somehow. Right. So it's kind of like I, I, it's funny because I agree with you, Bill. That That's a question that has to be brought up if the Colts uh, – really drop out of it and there's there's no chance of them making the playoffs but i have a feeling in that division they're they're going to be in it all season now obviously things can change injuries can happen but that's i mean they're two games back already and if they lose to uh tennessee then they're like four games back you know what i mean so it could it could happen quick like where they fall out of contention yeah it'll be curious i feel like the titans are playing another good team this week i don't remember who you guys chat while i look that up because now i'm curious yeah I don't how's know. your day <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I don't know chat. that they're they, uh, they, play the, they play the chiefs so which who knows what that really means i mean i, yeah, I thought exactly. after the bills stomped the chiefs that they would walk into tennessee and not that they would stomp the titans i think monday night you always want to play well in your home city but i didn't think it would be that good of a game let alone we'd lose so i thought maybe a tough first half second half would pull away a little bit but um you know when 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 your back's up against a wall you do what you got to do so and that's the beauty of football right any given sunday so um who knows what happens there yeah king uh king henry can definitely uh definitely change the course of uh of any game that he's a part of so uh it'll it'll be fun to see but yeah i i do like um i do like the point that you brought up bill because that that is going to be a legitimate question uh at some point if the colts are completely out of um a playoff spot is all right well do they just sit Wentz in order to not have to pay up the first because if they're that far out that first is probably actually a pretty good first <laughs> So at that point, it's worth it to you to just tell Carson Wentz to, you know, keep collecting checks. He doesn't have to bang up his body anymore and uh, put whoever the heck they would put out there. Yeah. They're already making quarterback moves this week. Not that it really means anything, but, you know, they're activating, uh, what's his name, Sam Ailinger or whatever. They let Eason go. And I forgot who their second quarterback technically is on paper, but. Who knows what they're what they're thinking through? It could be you, Drew. For all we know, you could be the second quarterback in Indy because uh, I don't have a depth chart in front of me, and I'm actually afraid if I pull that up, it'll uh, <laughs> it it'll depress me at the end of our episode here. So uh, I'm not going to do it to myself. But uh, like I said, it's the end of the episode, um, fellas. Thank you. Um, another great episode. On our way out, though. 
as you guys know, we uh, we have our uh, Fantasy Cares uh, Fantasy Timeline Eliminator. Unfortunately, Bill and I were, uh, we got the axe last week they, they, off with our heads. And uh, now we're just, we're just supporting everybody else in the league and uh, seeing who, uh, who the champion's going to be. But um, one person that we know will not, uh, will not be the champion is our man, Bobby Lawrence as Superflex Junkie. He was the low man on the totem pole. And, and Drew, um, you're surviving, man. You're not thriving, but but you're surviving. You're you're always that second to last guy who. Uh, you don't have to be faster than the bear. Just have to be faster than the other person. And that's what Drew is, man. Drew is faster than that last guy, just a little bit, just a little taste. And uh, it it was good so because I I you know I looked at the uh, I looked at the standings, looked at the scores. And I'm like, man, Drew did it again. I kind of, I kind of hope this is your strategy to win the whole thing. You just, you're just never the top team until the last week, uh, and then you, uh, then you just come up with that one big performance to win the whole thing. Uh, represent the timeline well, and uh, well, I, I did the opposite, and I was, I got into one of Scott Fish's eliminators, and I, I'm the second Scott highest scorer. And uh, I got the axe this week. I was oh. I was clinging to uh, Tyler Bass and the two d- defenses playing Monday night, and they couldn't bring me back. So, <laughs> uh, av- you know, high points does not always mean uh, you're going to make it very far. No, and, and that's the fun thing about an eliminator is, you know, Bill and I joked about this for the first, what, five weeks that we were in it. We just couldn't figure out how this team kept staying alive and, and kept not being the last. And actually, there were a couple of weeks where we were like top three, top four scores. And I was like, I don't know how we, we continue to do this because our team is not good. And, you know, it did catch up with us. But, yeah, man, it, I mean, it's just fun. And it's for uh, Fantasy Cares, which is awesome. And uh, so want to shout you out, Bobby. Uh, sorry. Uh Drew just barely, uh, barely keeps himself alive, and I can't wait to see how Drew does it next week. How Drew uh, just barely manages to stay alive and uh, and and keep on going for another week. But uh, on our way out, I want to thank uh, everybody uh, that was in the chat. Man, chat was lit. Ridley Truther, uh, we got we got Ty here asking us questions about Robert Woods, who are. Good trade targets for Robert Woods. Um, what two weeks ago I traded Robert Woods for Dawson Knox and JD McKissick. So I mean, <laughs> you know, see what you can get. I mean, sometimes you know, you'll be amazed uh, how low value goes on a guy like uh, Robert Woods and what you uh, what you can get for him. So uh, yeah, just um, see what you can get. Uh, I mean. I don't know. Uh, Bill asked a good question. Are you in a rebuild? Because uh, that's important as well. But um, thank you guys. You guys make it fun. You guys uh, make it enjoyable. When you guys ask questions, it makes the show even better because uh, we don't have time to prepare and we can just uh, we can just shout out whatever comes to mind with uh, 
Drew and Bill's wealth of knowledge, and then I'll just shout out whatever comes to my mind anyway. No wealth of knowledge there, just whatever comes to the top of my head. Uh, if you're listening, podcast, thank you. An hour and 15 minutes. It's amazing if you've listened this far because that's a long time. That's a, that's a lot of time out of your day, and we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, on YouTube, just make sure you hit the bell. Uh, hit subscribe so you know when we go live. Uh, on your podcast platform, uh, just uh, hit subscribe, follow us, leave um, a rate and review because that helps us out. And Bill, on that note, we are out of here. Late.